Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director for APPA. Our guest on this episode is Sydney Jackson, General Manager of California Public Power Utility Pasadena Water and Power. Sydney was appointed as General Manager of the Utility in late 2022 and officially joined the city's executive team in early 2023. Sydney, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, always a, a wonderful opportunity to speak to APPA, the APPA community, and our industry in general. So, Sydney, uh, in doing some research for our interview, one of the things that jumped out at me is is your wealth of experience in terms of uh, you know your work in the energy sector over the years, including prior positions um, with Public Power Utilities, Austin Energy, and Rochester Public Utility. So, could you detail your career in the energy sector leading up to your current position at Pasadena Water and Power? Uh, absolutely, Paul. I'll try to do it uh, as briefly as I can. Uh, but I've had a, a wonderful opportunity in this industry. Uh, I started in the industry right out of engineering school, so to a large degree, I've spent my whole professional career either in public power or the utility industry uh, in general. It's been, again, as I said, a very rewarding journey and a very rewarding and challenge in many respects. So I started out as a bachelor engineering degree, electrical engineering at Kansas State University. Uh, as I graduated, I joined an electrical uh, utility and and I was a maintenance engineer, instrumentation engineer, control systems engineer, various engineering roles at um, a power facility, uh, generation facility. Very rewarding at the time. It taught me the, the discipline, the technical uh, discipline of being a, an engineer in a, in a professional engineering environment. Again, as I said, very rewarding. While I was in those roles, uh, kind of growing up in the career, I had a what I would consider a, a big interest in understanding the big picture. And when you're working actually in a power plant, the various subsystems are vitally important, uh, but how those subsystems fit into other subsystems is also important. But again, I had an interest in understanding how the economics of that power plant uh, fit in with the economics of the utility uh, and how the aggregate economics of the all the power facilities and the rate structure and all of all how all of that fit together and, and that led to eventually an MBA uh, pursuit uh, in which I eventually did earn. One of the things that people don't realize, I think, or underestimate, is that our industry is continually evolving. And when I be revolving, let me just point to regulatory structure. Uh, so in the early 2000s, uh, maybe late 1990s, I'm just kind of showing uh, my age, uh, the FERC open access uh, came along. FERC 888-889 was provided for open access of the transmission system. In many respects, uh, the commoditization of electricity was essentially formed, and I had the opportunity to build a energy or to, to contribute and build an energy marketing trading team in the upper Midwest, a, a very important time in my uh, development. Uh, as you said, various roles, and this was one of the the unique roles uh, that I had, and I was able to to work in that space for for a number of years, eventually evolving to strategic planning. And then eventually uh, moving to what later became the formation or the maturation of RTOs or ISOs, regional transmission organizations or independent system operators. So I was able to contribute in that space, actually building regulatory policy, actually building regulatory, actually building systems from a bulk electric standpoint 
at the RTO or the ISO that actually met the, the regulatory standards, whether it be federal, state, or even local in, in many respects. A wonderful journey, a wonderful time uh, as, I, as I was able to contribute in that space. And then most immediately, as you mentioned, the two roles where I was at uh, Austin Energy as well as Rochester Public Utility as the COO uh, with responsibilities and leadership in both the water and electric. Again, wonderful time where I was able to use culmination of all those previous experience uh, to the benefit of the utility, the benefit of the community. But at the end of the day, a very rewarding journey. It journey isn't over yet. There's a lot of challenges in our industry, and we and our stakeholders are really working hard uh, to meet those uh, opportunities. Thanks, Sydney. Uh, it's, a, it's a great overview. So just wanted to turn to, to your current role at Pasadena Water and Power and wanted to have you describe for our listeners your priorities as general manager. Well, there are, are uh, sundry of priorities. And obviously, we are a part of the city of Pasadena, and we do have regulatory authority working to meet the requirements of our governance. And we work actively and ardently and stringently to tr try to meet those requirements. But if I want to talk about generically in terms of some of the pr priorities, many of them are driven by what all of us are seeing in the industry. Supply chain is one of them, the inflationary pressures of supply chain, uh, a big, big issue in terms of the economics of uh, our operation, in terms of the availability of uh, key infrastructure in our industry, and that's something we're all dealing with. Another one in terms of priorities just would be the recruitment and retention piece. We are seeing a lot of retirements in our industry, and that is challenging within itself, but these key competencies, uh, trying to retain these core uh, knowledge bases uh, is, is quite the challenge and trying to do it under our envelope and our regulatory structure uh, is also a challenge. But again, nothing unknown to anyone that has worked in this space. And then there's many of them that I'd mentioned, but one of the other priorities is obviously the reliability of, of the system, working to sustain that reliability and the last one I would mention is just working to meet, provide pathways as might be needed uh, for public policy initiatives at the local level, and not only that, but also at the state level as well. So as you know, the utility is currently updating its integrated resource plan, and so I wanted to know if you could talk about how the utilities engage with its customers as it updates the IRP and in, in researching for this interview, I, I did notice on your website um, there were some details on that. Well, absolutely, Paul. The IRP, or Integrated Resource Plan, is a very important initiative, not only for our community, but for our employees, for our staff, uh, and for our organization. It is framed by public policy initiatives at uh, the local level. One of the things that we're working diligently to provide pathways to uh, a greener future, a more renewable future, and that opportunity and those pathways is something we are uh, dedicated to to providing. But in terms of how we've engaged our stakeholders, there's a variety of ways. You've mentioned uh, our website. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, we also have technical advisory groups uh, that have helped us out, uh, providing feedback as we discuss with them many of the pathways that we are putting forth to meet our policy objectives. Uh, we also have a number of virtual community meetings where 
outside of the technical advisory meetings where you actually engage the public and ask their feedback. We've got community outreach. And then the myriad of communications, whether they be news releases, uh, newsletters, uh, advertising, uh, e-news type documents, bill inserts, uh, social media, and even informational videos that try to communicate some of the technical and um, other opportunities that might be with that may, might be available within the IRP process. But again, a very comprehensive outreach, understanding that a lot of community members are interested and engaged and want information relative to this process. Great. And now you mentioned reliability earlier in our conversation. So I want to use that as kind of a segue into my next question, which is wanted to have you talk about how Pasadena Water and Power is preparing um, for this summer in terms of ensuring reliability uh, with increases in power demand during the hotter months. And also, are there specific challenges uh, facing the state's grid this summer that the utility is concerned about? Well, excellent question, Paul, and I think we could probably be here until next week discussing <laughs> all of them. Right. But uh, to give you a short answer, yes, we are doing a lot of readiness internal uh, to Pasadena Water and Power. Uh, let me first off start that we operate uh, within the jurisdiction of California ISO, the independent system operator. And from a system operations standpoint, we've got various roles and responsibilities associated with coordination. Again, to assure the reliability of the bulk electric system, which helps ensure the reliability of, of, of our, the availability of megawatts for our distribution system as well. Uh, we also partner with a various, uh, a, a variety of demand response partners uh, where they may be able to act in terms of uh, demand response uh, to help us meet or help us mitigate uh, peak loads. That's one of the things we've seen across the state of California in uh, recent times, whether it's at the state level or, or local level, uh, that partnership with the community in terms of demand response has, has been invaluable. And obviously from a NERC perspective, we've got planning requirements um, that, that we address. In this particular area, uh, extreme heat events are not necessarily uncommon. We also have uh, engaged in various upgrades to help harden our, our infrastructure. Uh, so there's a number of things that we have done, and I think that's all in part demonstrated by uh, the APPA uh, RP3 Platinum Level designation, which just helps affirm that we have high proficiencies in reliability, safety, workforce development, training, and some of the system improvement uh, that's needed to help uh, with summer readiness. So for my last question, um, kind of wanted to step back and, and take a, a broader uh, perspective on uh, in terms of the state as well as nationally and wanted to get your insights um, as general manager in terms of what you see as the major challenges and opportunities facing the power sector in, both in California as well as the U.S. Well, again, that is a big question and it's hard to distill down into a few minutes, but one of the challenges, I, I think, uh, just going to perhaps the highest level, would be the, the coordination that is needed across uh, the regulatory environment, whether it's the local regulatory environment, the state regulatory environment, and the federal regulatory environment. Whether you're at the state level, this state versus that state, the path to clean energy, the path to decarbonization is going to require all participants uh, to engage. At the end of the day, as you've heard spoken many times, that the objective is get the whole grid to, to carbon free or to uh, more 
less reliance on carbon emitting resources. So again, state, local, and national is, is a key issue. And, and to do that, what are the pathways to do that? And we're looking at pathways and opportunities for pathways to how we can advance that and move that ball forward on the local level. That is a, a public policy initiative that we have here locally. Uh, but we're also trying to do it in in respect to balancing cost and balancing reliability at the same time while we maximize our environmental stewardship uh, as well. Uh, so those are key challenges in a distilled manner. Uh, on a broader level, uh, there's a lot uh, more depth that one could go into. But Paul, I, I think that topically it addresses your and, question. No, yeah, it definitely does. And I and I guess one quick follow-up, and, and you 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 mentioned the, the the workforce challenges, and that's as I interview CEOs and general managers, that's becoming, you know, not surprisingly kind of a common theme of concern. I mean, what how worried are you about that as as we look out into on the horizon? That is a, a very challenging issue. Uh, how worried about it? Uh, perhaps it's an opportunity, but it's also a major challenge. We do spend a significant amount of time how we can recruit new uh, talent into our industry. For instance, if you really look uh, across the, uh, the breadth of opportunities, perhaps for young people uh, in the college or high school area, many of them want to pursue some of the more fascinating areas, whether it's uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, but our industry is equally as challenging and as exciting. And I think it's incumbent upon us to sell uh, the value, the vision. It's incumbent upon us in this industry to communicate the societal benefit that we are trying to provide and hopefully that they will come on board uh, with that vision. But to answer your question, uh, Paul, I see all of my peers across the industry, especially at the executive level, were very much concerned uh, about this issue, availability, retention, uh, and the recruitment of uh, new talent and personnel and team members. Well, Sydney, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today and would like to extend an invitation to you to perhaps, you know, return perhaps later this year or, or around this time next year, we can kind of revisit some of these topics and discuss other topics. Yeah, I would welcome that, Paul. And uh, to the whole uh, audience that might be listening to this, uh, thank you for your interest. Thanks again, Sydney. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back next week with more from the world of public power. <laughs>